The following episode may contain inappropriate material. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Matt Talk, where John and I are the future, and that future is now. We want to just welcome you guys to hang out with us. So much controversy in the world of Matlock has happened since we've been gone. We talked about it a little bit on our live stream, which we did release as a podcast with the Matlock reboot that's coming up. We're not going to rehash all that today, so you can go back, find that, listen to it, watch it, all that fun stuff. John, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, but the, the bigger question is, how are you feeling? Because as uh, we noted, this is about a week delayed because you were pretty darn sick with COVID. So you feeling better yourself? Yeah, you know, this. I have had COVID twice now. The first time I had COVID, I had it really, really, really bad for 24 hours to the point where I had a fever of 104 and I just, I couldn't move. This time I was sick longer but I never got that bad. My fever never escalated past 100. Um, I was down, but I could move. I could function a little bit outside of the couch. So it, it was longer that I was down, but it wasn't as bad being down. So this version of COVID was way better than when I had it the first time. Well, I shared with everybody that when we spoke on the phone, I believe that Friday, and you sounded pretty sick. I mean, you sounded pretty awful. So... Uh, glad you're feeling better, man, and uh, we're ready to sit here and talk about a great episode of Matlock, are we not? We, Dude, I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad we put this off a week because to do Three Geeks last week not feeling well, it takes a lot of energy to be energetic when you're not feeling well. And after watching this episode, I knew that I had to bring a level of energy to our talk today, as you saw with the intro, because... We are the future, and that future is now, and I'm just really excited to talk about this and to get into it because, you know. Because that's what Joshua would want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, let's get on I, into I it. I do. I, this is another episode I wish was two-parters, but we'll get into that. All right, let's get on into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to our opening statements. Well, the episode that we're going to talk about is called The Cult. And it has a couple of very interesting uh, guest stars. I'm going to start one guy off. who's only allowed to play a psychiatrist in anything that he's in. <laughs> well, to hell with it. Let's start with him. Earl Bowen is going to play uh, the role of Patrick Morrison. And as you mentioned, he is Dr. Silberman in Terminator 1, 2, and 3. Uh, he's done a ton of voiceover work, Jason, for various different cartoons and video games. Such as Clifford the Big Red Dog, uh, World of Warcraft. He probably played a therapist. He probably played a therapist. Uh, Tales of Monkey Island, which I don't, that's a video game apparently I was unaware of. Uh, So, Earl, if you've seen him, you know that he has been around the block a few times, if you will. 
Yeah, and again, every time I see this guy, he shows up as a therapist. I was watching something else. I can't remember what it was recently, and he showed up as a therapist. You were like, oh, man, typecast galore right there. Yeah, dude, he he is just a therapist. <laughs> All right, well, moving on down, we're going to move to um, a gentleman by the name of Jack Dodson, who will be playing the role of William Austin. Now, here's the interesting tie-in. This is why I put him down. He he has a few credits, not not a large resume. But the few that he has on here I thought were notable. Uh, first of all, he played Carl Putnam on Mr. Belvedere, Judge Farnham on St. Elsewhere, and was Howard Sprague on the Andy Griffith Show. So we're getting a little bit of the connect there between the old or Andy Griffith project and the new Andy Griffith project. So not, not that that hasn't happened before. We've commented many times that some individuals that appeared on the uh, Andy Griffith show would show up on Matlock. So that, you know, obviously is nothing new, but what do you think about this little tie in with uh, Jack Dodson? You know, I always find it very uh, exciting, at least for me personally, when I see that uh, people have worked together numerous times, because one to me, it shows like, Hey, these people are, tend to actually be good people that they keep wanting to work with each other and two i just i just like that kind of uh loyalty and camaraderie it's a little bit of like a cool like behind the scenes thing too you know what i mean like a little cool piece of trivia as well all right our next guest star is a gentleman by the name of jeff mccarthy he will be playing the role of thomas oldham uh you may know him as the ncb anchor in the uh movie the joker or joker excuse me uh, he was also one of the evangelists in a movie that really let me down. I'm just going to be honest. The Devil All the Time. I had high hopes for that movie, but it it was, a I believe, a Robert Pattinson film, and it was awful. Um, it's, but, it's probably one of those hot takes that John has. It is a hot take of mine, yes. Is it a hot take? It is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know, because it didn't get a lot of great reviews. It got very mediocre reviews, the film, and I thought it was not very good, period. Is that really a hot take, or is that just me going with the I don't flow? know, man. I'm fact-checking your hot take right now. Okay. you. you I haven't seen it. it. Uh, 64%. Okay, so it's not a ser- It's not the typical John hot take. Like, John, no. there'll be a movie that's like a 98% that everybody loves, and John will be like, man, that was hot garbage. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But here's an interesting fact. Jeff McCarthy, he's the voice of the WB's Michigan J. Frog. Mm-hmm. How about that stuff? Oh, dude, that's awesome. I want to interview this guy. Yeah, Thomas Oldham uh, is the character, excuse me, is the character's name, but the uh, the actor is Jeff McCarthy. So very interesting, a uh, little bit of uh, trivia there. He started in a cliffhanger um, pilot, it looks like, for TV. Is that right? No, no, never mind. He was in cliffhanger as a pilot. Ignore me. Go ahead. Move on. <laughs> We have pilot on the brain because of the Matlock pilots, you know, and all these other pilots that we've talked about. That's what we have on our brain. Hot take, at least it's not 21 pilots because that band is the craps. They're all right. They're Lincoln Park now. Mike drops way better though. All right. We're going to talk about a gentleman who's credited as Wallace Ward. He now goes by the name of Wallace Langham and he's going to be playing the role of Dennis Austin. (laughs) But you may also know him as Melville Phipps from the relaunched version of Perry Mason, David Hodges on CSI. Whoa, whoa, you're not just going to blow past that. He's in the new season of Perry Mason, which hasn't come out yet. But that is a great reboot, Perry Mason. 
if you guys haven't seen it and you don't mind a little cursing and a little bit more, you know, I don't want to say realistic vibe, but a little bit more of a gritty vibe, the new Perry Mason is great. It is fantastic. It's a lot like what Andy Griffith wanted Matlock to be in the mm-hmm. sense, you know, that there's alcoholism involved. And it's just, it's a really, really good show. And I highly recommend it if that stuff does not bother you. Waltz was also Phil on the Larry Sanders show. Uh, Jerry on Mom, Soul Bass in Hitchcock, and a ton of other things as well. Uh, you know what? I was going to ask you this question. The Larry Sanders Show, are you familiar with? Have you ever watched an episode? The Larry Sanders Show, man, is one of these shows that I know that people love, and I have not seen it. And I like Gary Shandling. He made a movie, um, uh, uh, man, I can't think of what it's called, but it was really, really funny. And um, I like Gary Shandling, and I have not seen that show, and I, I really, really should make that happen. I've never seen it either. I think it's one of those uh, shows, uh, much like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, I've never seen either. And uh, people really talk about, if you want a great, funny show, It's th- those two are mentioned quite frequently. In people's uh, Curb is really and good. And yeah. the, movie, the movie is What Planet Are You From? He comes down as an alien. Okay. And it's Gary Shandling. It's the only thing I've ever seen Gary Shandling in besides uh, Iron Man 2, I believe. And I loved him in it. Well, our final guest star, I saved maybe the best for last, is a gentleman by the name of Al White. He is going to be playing Ezra Smith, or as I called him in my notes, Dollar Tree Sam Jackson. But anyways, uh, you may also know him as Dr. Jackson on Switched at Birth, Walter Brady on The Young and the Restless. And Al White was... Second jive dude in airplane. Oh, nice. Yeah. One of the most iconic uh parts of that movie, of course, with the uh the jive dudes talking to the old lady who she fluently speaks jive, which is a hilarious part of that movie. Dude, you missed he was in Back to the Future 2 as the dad of the daughter who Marty McFly accidentally gets into the room of when he goes back to his house in the alternate past. Um uh, he also was in the uh, wonderful television show, um, Emmy Award winning Son of the Beach, which I'm sure he's super proud of. Um, <laughs> look, oh, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a Stern fan, and I do not like that show. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a hot, <laughs> speaking of hot takes, oh, man. I thought that show was awful. All right, well, Jason, shall we go ahead and get the questioning out of the way? The question that I have for you, of course, as I do every episode. Are you ready to give an opinion? Your opinion and only your opinion so help you? John, I got one thing to say. The future is now. Oh, no, wait, hold on. <clears throat> we are the future and the future is now. So, yes, yes, I would because I want to get into this future that is now that we are. <laughs> what? I'm confused now. Anyways, let's get ready to test off. Yes, All the right, future. the plot. The plot of this episode is a father of a cult member is accused of killing the cult leader. Okay, I got to say this, first of all, before we get started. And I think you said this in a text message, or maybe you said it to me on the phone. Man, um, going with one of the staples, I guess, of like this mid-80s TV is a cult. Like, I think that many other um, shows have probably emulated this throughout the 80s, that the cult, the evil cult that is going to come and abduct people and whatnot. So got to give a tip of the hat to Matlock for going with the flow and, and trying their hand at it. They still do it, man. Uh, I believe there's a Law & Order episode recently that 
dealt with cult mentality. Yeah. But I wish this episode was two parts. And again, we get into that later. Okay. Well, our opening scene is, of course, a weird seance where apparently this cult is accepting new recruits. And all of a sudden, Dennis's father um, drives up to the to the compound gate. And the guard asks him who he's there to see. He says, Joshua, the guard won't let him through. So in what was only some of the greatest cheesy slow motion action that we've seen on Matlock, the, the father attempts to run over this just hapless security guard, man. He's just doing his job. William Austin tries to run him down like he's just a, uh, a chipmunk in the street. <laughs> so Martin is uh, one of the uh, sidekicks here. One of the, uh, I should say. Goons. Goons, yes. He stops William, but eventually William does bust on in and get his meeting with Joshua. I got to say this, and I, I don't want to be mean, but man, oh, man, I don't know. Jason, tell me if I'm being a, a jerk or not, but this guy that plays Joshua, he's kind of uh, he's kind of ugly. I just got to say it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that somebody I'd want to follow? No, I mean, yeah, he's not charming. He's not like, look, Jim Jones, charming fellow, handsome fellow. You got to give him that. Maniacal lunatic? Yes. Mr. Austin wants to take his son back. And Joshua calls for Dennis, and Dennis arrives. And then there's this little argument between uh, William and Dennis. And Dennis, he chooses to stay with Joshua and the cult. He is not going to go home with his father. Yeah. Jason, what do, you, what do you think of this initial setup for our episode? He wants to be in the future, and that's there with him. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I could probably, I could probably do this entire episode. Just Let's not switching those words around, but I won't do that. Um, yeah, I'm in. I love these uh, cult uh, stories that we get in each one of these kinds of series, and I'm curious to see where this one goes from here. Well, the police arrive because uh, they were called, and Dennis refuses once again to leave with his dad, and a fight almost breaks out. Right. And William is arrested, but he's let off when Joshua refuses to press charges, okay? So later that night, Joshua is working in his study, and Dennis goes to deliver tea to him. And as he's at the door, Jason, what does he hear? He hears a gunshot. And so uh, as Dennis enters the study, he sees a guy in a trench coat fleeing out the window. And so Dennis follows him for a little bit, and Dennis thinks that it's his father who has killed Joshua. Yeah. We didn't get to see the face though. So I knew it was somebody else. Yeah. That, that kind of was a little bit of a tip off. They kind of didn't, well, they actually did show us the face, but it was a real like kind of a side view. It wasn't a straight on shot. I also, I, I thought this was weird. Like that. It seemed Dennis, as we're going to find out, served tea to Joshua every single night at the exact same time. And I was, I just kind of felt like, I don't know. That was weird for me. To, I, I know this is a cult in which you have to keep the cult leader happy, but I just kind of felt like I wanted to know why. Why was it specifically Dennis? Because we never, other than the fact that he like you know mouthed off to dad and he's not leaving. What other like special place does he hold? What position does he hold in this cult? Maybe he donated a lot of money. Maybe, possibly, maybe. Well, we go to police headquarters. Ben is interviewing William, 
And uh, the alibi is that William went to go meet a man about getting back Dennis, but that man never showed. Boy, oh boy, do the writers of Matlock love to do this, because this is like the third episode recently where we've had, I went to go meet somebody, and they never showed up, and that's my alibi, and it's not very strong. Oh my, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just an easy go-to. Just like the, um, I figured it all out. Meet me in 20 minutes by the shed, and I will tell you the entire everything. And then, you know, obviously the shed never happens because they get murdered on the way. Uh, True. So William tells Ben that his wife has recently died. And what do you know, Jason? You were right. The cult got $400,000 of Dennis's money. So you were right with your prediction that, you know, it was all about the, it was all about the money, all about the cash flow. All about the and Benjamins, baby. That's right. And so Ben agrees to take the case and he goes and tries to uh, speak to Dennis. And I thought that this was a really good scene because Ben is really kind of baffled by Dennis's attitude towards his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I like that because I think that that was showing the clash of personalities between uh, Dennis and Ben and showing just how far gone maybe Dennis is. Yeah. And I also think this is going to help explain something that happens at the end of this episode that I thought was not very well done, but more on that in a little bit. Ben meets with Patrick, you know, our good friend, the therapist, and he is a professional deprogrammer. And so Patrick kind of talks Ben through how cults get their hooks into you, you know, and how they use brainwashing. And so that according to Patrick, Dennis probably is not really seeing who he, who actually murdered Joshua. He's seeing his father instead. Yep. Cause he's been programmed to see his father instead. Because this guy deals in programming, because we've seen in the Terminator movies. He is not only <laughs> a good psychiatrist, he is also around people that have been programmed. I wrote down, is Sarah Connor your next appointment? <laughs> maybe, maybe this is in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> this is right before Skynet went active. Is that what you're saying? Yep, the whole series is right before Skynet. Right, right before Skynet. So Michelle and Ben... They show up at the uh, at the cult's property, and here's my big question: So you wouldn't let William in, right? Mm-hmm. Because he has somebody there on the compound. Why do you let two random strangers on your compound? They just let Michelle and Ben in, like they didn't For go the no. Advancement of the story, John. Well, besides that, let's find a plausible reason why that might have happened. I can't. Because- the only thing I could come up with is maybe there's some. Something where Ben does some mumbo jumbo legalese and he gets on the property. Maybe, maybe because there's an active investigation. But oh, I mean, they so, want to know. They want to know who killed Joshua just as much as anybody else does. Okay, you would good think, point. Good because that is their you know quote unquote Christ figure. Yeah. Okay. Good point on that. Good point. I never it, thought of it that way. One of the things in this episode, I'm going to bring it up now because I will probably forget, is they mentioned Scientology and me being somebody that like didn't realize that that was a thing in the year in the late 80s like my mind was like wow i didn't know that went back that far okay i i knew that it went back that far but here's what i i totally forgot about it too that they mentioned scientology i just thought it was kind of wow you got some spine to mention them by name you know what i mean because they got stroke they got power even in you know when this episode aired which i think we forgot to mention when it aired by the way i do apologize it it airs May 2nd, 1989. So they're still they're still around, you know? 
And so I just kind of was shocked that they kind of like mentioned them what in the same they breath. Refer to him as a cult. Right. Exactly. They're kind of make that comparison. Well, Ben decides to search Joshua's study, and Washburn is the gentleman that's escorting him. He's kind of a jerk to Ben. He's kind of rude. He's a jackass, as Ben would say. Uh, huge but mean- jackass. Huge jackass. But meanwhile, uh, Michelle interviews Ezra, who has been named the new leader. Um, and they kind of talk back and forth about who might have a motive. And so we then cut to a scene that is epically awesome. There is Sarah, just a random member of the cult. And <laughs> did you just say Connor? <laughs> Sarah Connor. Anyways, yes. I don't <laughs> I don't do a very good Arnold, so I don't know. That was pretty pretty bad, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that. But anyways, Sarah and the members of the cult are handing out flyers, and we get something. That we haven't seen in a while. And that's some undercover Tyler Hudson. Yeah! Yeah, man. I I like this. And I thought we were going to see more of Tyler. But we still don't see a whole lot of Tyler in this episode. But he had a decent role in this. I got to say that. Better. Better. So two dudes try to attack Sarah. And Tyler whoops their butts, man. He just, hi-ya, hi-ya. Throwing some karate out there. Throwing some fists. And he saves Sarah from being kidnapped. And Sarah claims... That, that that van and those two hoodlums were nothing more than deprogrammers. Yeah, now, deprogram let, and take them back home to their mommies and daddies. Yeah, but let's talk about it because I think it's alluded to, and I think it's not a stretch. Jason, I think this is a big setup because as the van pulls away, who do we see in the car sitting like right across the street? Ben. And oh Patrick. yeah, it was a setup. It was a setup by Ben. To make it so Tyler got in immediately. Because what are the odds that Tyler shows up and then suddenly the deprogrammers show up? Absolutely. Like I said, this is a brilliant, like, uh, for me, I enjoyed, like, thinking of Ben as, like, this master puppeteer, you know, pulling the strings and whatnot. Well, lo and behold, Tyler is accepted into the cult. And um, he has to go through the purification ritual, in which he does. And, And so we fast forward to him finishing his purification ritual and i gotta say i wrote this down at this point i was a little bit scared for tyler like i didn't think he was gonna turn but i thought maybe he was gonna face some harm you know i thought that there 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 it was on that cusp you know what's gonna happen what's gonna happen so we cut to ben's office tyler does call and he leaves a message and michelle is very concerned about tyler and i like how cold-blooded ben matlock is uh he can handle himself he's fine Come on, man. That's heartless. Yeah, what do you've done if Tyler became, you know, the future? Yeah. What if he become a member of the cult? What if that brainwashing took really, like, cemented really well in his head? Well, we've only got three episodes left of the season. So, you know, wow. it could have been Tyler just joined a cult and was done with Matlock. Yeah, that's true. Even that though I think be. Tyler's in a little bit of next season, right? Like, there's a small... I, I believe there's a couple of episodes of Tyler Hudson before we make the transition to Conrad McMaster. Tyler admits, uh, by the way, that he has lots of problems, that he has an IR, uh, an IRS audit, his rent is going up, his woman left him, and this is all the reasons behind why he decided to join the cult. And uh, so Tyler talks a little bit with Dennis in the kitchen, and Anna is very upset because the baby is bothering her. Now, right off the bat, what was your prediction about this scene? 
based on that. I wonder if it's the same as my thought was. Yeah, there's babies everywhere. No, babies at what? I was thinking it was one of those cults where he got everybody pregnant. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. (laughs) You said babies everywhere. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like he's having babies with everybody. That's what I mean by that. Like this is one of those people who's like, all right, I'm getting all the women pregnant. That's what I thought because that's usually how these go. And and you know what? That's exactly what I wrote down. I wrote down Joshua Love Child. I wrote that down. It was the new CBS show Alert that had a cult on a few episodes ago. That's what it was. Not Law and Order. Oh, Alert? That the one about the missing persons show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. That's another good one? Yeah, it's got Con in it. I like Con. Oh yeah, that's right. You do like Scott Con. Scott Con. Yeah. Not do you like Con. his do you like his do you like James Con? Um, I haven't seen a lot of James Con stuff. He's kinda like um Gene Hackman for me. He's a um Somebody I need to dive into mm. their filmography. You know what? I got I to gotta be honest with you. Besides the Godfather franchise, which has James Caan, and Elf, which has James Caan, I'm trying to think of other things I've seen him in. I don't know if my... Bulletproof with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans? Come on. Uh, no, sorry. I you never haven't saw Bullet- seen I've never seen Bulletproof. Oh my God, I love that movie. <laughs> it was one of uh, Sandler's like second or third movies. It was like right after Happy Gilmore. Yeah, no, I did. Uh, I did not watch. I did not watch that movie. So it has content. Okay, so there you go. All right. Uh, okay. I've seen one so, more movie than you of James Con's <laughs> work. <laughs> Probably his lesser work too. I mean, I know he used to hang around the Grotto at the Playboy Mansion. I know that. But anyways, let's get back on track. Tyler sneaks into Joshua's office and is almost caught. And I, I dug how he was so smooth and he kind of just. Ex- explained it all away, man. Again, that's the classic uh, title that we enjoy. Ben shows up again, and he has round two with uh, Mr. Washburn. He runs down Washburn's accolades that he was at one time a, a hugely successful attorney and lawyer, and instead, as Washburn explained, he felt hollow and he wanted something new, so that's why he paired up with Joshua and then Ben drops the little tidbit that he knows, says, hey, aren't the feds looking into the cult because of, uh, you know, there's uh, some shady uh, financial stuff going on and that uh, maybe the feds were going to squeal on the others and maybe that's why someone offed Mr. Joshua. Yeah. We go back to the courtroom and Ben must kind of run through a gauntlet of cult members that is like uh, on the steps to the courtroom. And uh, Anna attacks William and Ezra grabs her stop this right now you know and then real quickly as we get to the inside to the interiors of the uh of the courtroom who is this new African-American lawyer that just showed up I thought that the lawyer was Washburn so who's this dude um a different lawyer I I guess but I kind of was like what who is this guy maybe from the firm maybe the actor couldn't come back maybe it was a reshoot Maybe I don't know that. I like I said, it just kind of threw me for a loop there. All right, Dennis gets on the stand and he gives his side of things, and again, kind of throws his dad a little bit under the bus, which allows William to get a little bit feisty. And we cut to a scene with Tyler's back in Joshua's study. Tyler this time is busted. Why have you been calling Matlock? And so he knocks over a few of the cult leaders and he runs away. And in what I thoroughly enjoyed. Because I, 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 I'm i going to go on a tangent for a minute. I like how Tyler jumped off the balcony 
right? And landed and was fine. And he ran off. So cheesy in eighties. It reminded me of when I watched the wire, I think in season four, there's this, there's an episode where Omar little is trapped in a apartment building and the bad guys have him pinned in. And so he jumps off of a balcony and lands like three or four stories down and messes up his ankle and he still hops away. And I thought that was so ridiculous. Like, and that's what this reminded me of because I, when I first saw that episode of the wires, like this is stupid. That's so ridiculous. And this show is so realistic, but apparently that actually comes from a police report that something like that similarly happened. And so David uh, Simon and those guys wrote it into the script. You know, you went on a tangent. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent too. And it has nothing to do with Matlock. I saw, I watched uh, SVU today and, um, uh, the new episode and uh, they were talking uh, Ice-T's character was the main character and he started talking about Detective Munch and somebody asked him you know where what happened to Munch and he said well Munch bought an old cop bar where he used to work in DC now you have been a homicide life on the street fan for a long time was there a cop bar when they were on that show there was there was and in fact it was Munch did it take place in DC no it takes place in Baltimore yeah, that's what I meant. Baltimore. Sorry, Baltimore. Yeah, uh, Munch. There were two other characters that went in on it. There was there was a, th- a triangle, and I can't remember who the other two characters. I was wondering were. if it was a throwback to Homicide Life on the Street. It is. They that was he went back to where he used to live and bought the and reinvested in his cop bar. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Munch. Uh, I, one Carlos Esposito's character, and I can't remember his name. He was one of the owners, and who was the third owner? Oh shoot! I, I want to say like, no, no. That, that was a fun callback. That is a fun callback. I love Homicide Life on the Street. I need to. I need to sit down and go back through it and watch it again. <clears throat> did Did uh, Dick Wolf work on that show? Like, how are they so closely connected? That's a good question. Dick Wolf did not work on that. This is a a David. This is David Simon's first project. David Simon and Barry Levinson were the team behind that. So but then how did a, he get that character and continue it on? Through I don't know. I don't know. That's a very good question. Because like I said, they obviously use that as continuity because in this latest episode, they go back to the, I thought it was really cool. I haven't seen Homicide. I, I should really check it out. Well, here's an idea. Here's a question. How did John Munch get on uh, the lone gunman in the X-Files? because <laughs> he's also on those he's on two episodes of those things and it's like i forget how many how many different shows john munch shows up on i want to say it's like six or seven mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how they work work that out with 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 belzer and unless maybe he has some type of creative control i don't know maybe. i just thought it was a really cool callback because i remember um that show taking place in maryland so i wanted to ask you about it sorry folks but if you watch the new uh, law and order svu then this was a fun little e- easter egg for you guys and you if you hate our sidebars you can let us know and how can they do that jason you can send me an email at b-e-n-m-e yeah man you can send me an email at B-E-N-M-A-T-T-A. Are you mouthing the words along with me? <laughs> <laughs> I am because because I had to do this for the for the video when you had COVID. I was like, I don't even know if I can do the email address because that's Jason's territory. So it is sorry. B-E-N-M-A-T-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put the future is now. And I will happily read it. 
And you can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, of course, is Matt Talk Podcast, and uh, Twitter is Matt Talk underscore podcast. So let's get back to the episode. Uh, ben and Michelle are at Ray Templin's place, and they are commiserating. And all of a sudden, Ben gets an idea. And again, in classic Matlock, he gets the idea. We, we have to wait, though. We have to wait to the courtroom to find out what it is. To the courtroom, we go. Uh, Oldham is on the stand. And uh, Ben starts asking about the Fed's interest, you know, about, hey, what's going on with the, the, the cult? Stop it. Now you're mimicking me. Come on now. <laughs> Anyways, Ben points out that Joshua was never interrupted before tea time at 11 p.m. And the reason why this works in his theory is this. Dennis, when he heard the gunshot, dropped the tea. All right. But yet police photographs that happened just a, a little bit after, you know, the murder itself shows that there's a teacup on the desk. And the teacup was in that study uh, when Joshua was shot. So the idea is that Oldham shot Joshua all right, because he can't, he went in early, gave the teacup so it would look like Dennis did it. He shoots and kills um, Joshua. And Ben brings up this idea of the brainwashing. And he says the reason why that Dennis doesn't realize it's Oldham is because he's under this spell. And then Ben, he goes for it. He goes for it. He goes for that knockout punch. He brings up the fact that Joshua had an affair with Oldham's wife, Anna, and that, uh, Ben had interviewed Oldham's first wife and found out that Oldham shoots blanks. Yeah, you know, it's funny is Oldham's like, you know, okay, do we have to do this? It's like, if I were Ben, I'd been like, you know what, we, this can stop right now if you just say that you did this and we can just all go home. I don't have to tell everybody that your, your sperm doesn't swim upstream. I can just, yeah, I mean, it did, you know, the good point, that did make it seem like they could have just stopped it, like, you know, just admit to it. And I won't reveal to everybody your embarrassing news. But Joshua is the father of the baby. And so here, here is where I kind of cringed a little bit. We talked about Ben and talking to Dennis earlier on in the episode. But Ben goes out to the galley and goes over to, to Dennis. And he, 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 he starts talking to him in that soothing, soothing way. And he, he gets Dennis to replay the events in his head and to break the spell of, of the brainwashing and admit that he actually saw Oldham be the killer. Shouldn't I thought you it was called him back to the stand technically. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was like, he didn't do it on the stand. Number two, like I, Ben is very, very much a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Silver tongued guy. But even he was smooth enough to break brainwashing after what we're led on by Patrick Morrison to believe is like a very difficult thing to overcome. Oh, no, 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 no. Ben's got the magic touch. He knows how to do it. Yeah, duh. I mean, that's why we watched the show because it's Matlock. And furthermore, can you use this in court? Can you even kind of do this mumbo jumbo in, in, in court? I mean, I was expecting a horse in the courtroom once again. You look perplexed. I, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, nonetheless, Will has the charges dropped, and Dennis and Will, they look like they're going to reconnect, and that, my friends, is the episode, The Cult. Uh, do you have any notes you want to talk about real quick or anything else before we get to our last I did part? my sidebar. I mentioned Scientology, and um, we talked cults, so no, John. Um, go ahead and knock us into the future. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our closing statement. <laughs> 
This is the part of the podcast where Jason and John give the show a rating on a gavel system. One gavel means it was awful. Five gavels means it was amazing. And there's no way this episode was worse than last week's episode. So, John, what do you rate this show on a gavel system? By the way, you are getting so good at stealing that and doing that. I'm going to have to get this email address down pat because I can't get through it without messing it up. Uh, anyways, I digress. Jason, I give this four gavels. Um, I liked the idea of the cult. Like, I think, yes, it was done to death in the 80s, but it's something new for Matlock. So I liked it. I go you with know that. what's funny, John, is when you texted me about this episode, I thought you hated it. Really? Uh-huh. Because okay. you're like, whoa, wait till next week. Oh, I was like, oh, man, he's saying that this is going to be awful. I was like, no, well, it can't I, be I worse than it. what we watched. No, that's true. That's true. The action with Tyler, I enjoyed. I thought the motive, look, I mean, Oldham, I thought, had a pretty good motive. You know, the dude knocked up my wife, you know, and he's supposed to be better than that because he's like the, as you said before, the Christ-like figure. He's supposed to be, you know, above reproach. Um, I did think some of the negatives, th- there were two. I thought it was, you know, a slightly predictable, especially with the baby daddy storyline. And again, the, the courtroom hijinks that we just talked about a few moments ago, I, I didn't dig. But yeah, so overall, four gavels for me. I agree. Um I liked this episode a whole lot. I think it would have been a lot better as a two-part episode. I really wish we could have explored this a little bit more and gotten more into the cult. Because like you said, it kind of went quickly between, you know, Ben being able to figure it out and be able to get in the guy's head. Um, That was probably one of my negatives is that I felt like it was a little rushed, a little short. But overall, it was fun. It was a good episode of Matlock. That's why we watched the show. And I don't care about the courtroom hijinks because that's why I watch Matlock. Because, you know, the killer is going to walk through that door any second, John. So you better be paying attention because my client is looking at that door just as hard as you are. Well, you know what? I, I will give you uh, uh, a little bit of credit there. I think that, you know, oftentimes we disagree on whether episodes should be two parts or not. I think this one could be a very good two-parter um, because I think we had some material. Like, why did Dennis leave his dad? Like, I know we get the idea that he was depressed and all that jazz, but I think we could have seen more about William and Dennis's relationship. I think we could have done a little bit more with the Tyler storyline of being in the cult. So I agree with you this one. This one probably could have been could have been a pretty good um, two-parter. Yeah, and learn a little bit more about what Joshua was about. Yes, there you go, because yeah, absolutely, the, the, the character itself didn't last very long, and I think, yeah, absolutely that would have been great. All right, let's uh, let's wrap things up, Jason. Tell us all about the Three Geeks podcast and what's we happening are live. with that great show. We are live Sundays at 10 a.m. We have a lot of stuff on our YouTube page. If you don't have an attention span, well, good news. You can go to our YouTube page and watch all of the shorts that you like, 15 seconds to a minute. Yes, there are clips of Matt Talk on there as well. So you guys can jump on, enjoy the fun. Again, we're live every Sunday at 10 o'clock, and then we post randomly throughout the week. So come hang out with us. And All we're right. clean now, ish, mostly. Clean, clean. ish, mostly. Um, look, folks, it's kind of hard sometimes to 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 rein in some of the geeks because they get uh, a little wound up. If you well, know we had nice three completely clean episodes. Max was out on vacation, so those episodes are one hundred percent clean. Max yeah. came back. There's a couple bad words, but it's fine. We're doing an after dark show. Actually, we did the after dark show three days ago, so. 
don't watch that if you're not into uh, raunchy comedy. But um, other than that, yeah, we're clean now. All right. Well, let's talk about the PVD cast. The PVD cast is my own personal podcasting project. Uh, Buckle up, folks. We're going to be here for 20 minutes. Go ahead, John. That's that's right. It's available, of course, at pvdcast.com or all those uh, usual podcasting outlets. Uh, current episode that is up is my conversation with two gentlemen by the name of Milo and Chris. They have a great wrestling comic book that's got a little tinge of horror to it. Uh, it's called The Heel Screw Job. We talk about how that project got off the ground and all of that stuff that goes into making an independent comic book. And uh, so check that out. Don't forget, we also have a fantastic, absolutely amazing project that Jason and I and Justin are working on. Of course, it's called the Larry Hankins Stories. It is uh, at, available at patreon.com slash Larry Hankin. You want to know about his time on Friends. You want to know about how it was to grow up uh, when he grew up or know about his college experience, or any of those things. We've got tons of content, starting at as little as $5, ladies and gents. $5 nowadays doesn't get you much, but it gets you plenty of great quality and great content from us and Larry. And uh, we really would appreciate it if you check it out. And look, you don't want to even spend 5 bucks, Jason, I think, I think we could say this, right? Tell some folks about it. We'll even accept that as payment. What do you say, Jason? That sounds great. And also, you know... Larry was almost murdered by his college or by a roommate when he was in college, I believe. He was also, you know, really good friends with Carl Gottlieb, the writer of Jaws. Uh, Larry did a lot of things growing up that are a lot of they're funny um, now. In hindsight, yeah. um, <laughs> statute of limitation has passed. They're really funny. You guys should listen to him. Uh, Larry is a funny guy. He's one somebody that we're both happy to be able to call a friend. So uh, it's fun. You guys should come and join us over there. Absolutely. All right. With that, Jason, shall we get on out of here, man? We shall, John. All right. Then, as they say in court, nothing further. DVDcast.com. <laughs>